You are listening to We Woke Up Like This. I'm Reverend Joya. And I'm Reverend Celia. And we We are loyal to loving and supporting soul awakening in every human being. On this episode of We Woke Up Like This, we dive into chapter three of The Way of Mastery. This is the first half of this chapter, and it's all about the power of forgiveness. Hello, beloved listeners. This is Celia. I was going to say beloved listeners, too. That's so funny. I totally was. Yes. Yes. Maybe I'm just feeling your beloved listeners. Maybe. (laughs) Listenerisness. Yeah. That's that's a fun word. You like that? Yeah. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Wow, you know, this is going to be episode eight or nine. No, it's nine. Is I it think nine? It's nine. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. We've been showing up for nine weeks doing this. I'm very excited. Me and, too. Um, I love the consistency of it and the devotion. It feels like devotion. It is devotion. Yeah. Wow. So Celia and I were just catching up about... Um, <laughs> the week since we recorded last week's episode and like we're like feels like I haven't seen you in forever and it's only been six days I think it hasn't even been that long probably. I know yeah but, but there's been like this massive um acceleration I'm gonna call it it, it is an acceleration yeah that's exactly a perfect word I feel yeah. and it seems like it's not just us it's everything and everywhere so what whatever's opening and even it, it's even an acceleration of the problems if people are um, still projecting and living in the dramas and the traumas, that those are also accelerating and becoming magnified too. Well, what we put our attention on is what comes forward. Yeah. So there's that. It's all accelerating. I know. Yeah. I'm so excited to dive into lesson three of The Way of Mastery. Oh, I love the title of this chapter. It is called The Power of Forgiveness. The Power of Forgiveness. This is going to be a juicy one. This is a juicy one. So we there's a lot of pages to get through. So we're going to give you a forewarning now that this is going to be a little bit longer of a chapter. And if you don't have the book, you definitely want to get it so you can start reading along with us. Reading it again on your own and then reading it again on your own after that. Well, because the, the material is very, um, I find it to be subtle Yeah. In, yes. in the way that it moves through. And so just giving oneself the opportunity to go back in any areas that have been highlighted to just check in and be able to revisit, recount, yeah. release. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it is, a, it's a very interesting transmission because it does like you can read the same sentence with four different sets of eyes and it's going to land. And I'm talking about your own four separate sort of Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Just for, the lens of perception. The lens that when your as your lens of perception changes and you read it again, that it lands deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, yeah. deeper still. And deeper still. So lesson three, the power of forgiveness. Oh, as a reminder, please grab your journal just in the event that you might want to take notes as we explore this chapter. Um, Is there anything else that we need to? I don't know. I would say, you know, here in the studio where we're recording, we've got our crystals set up. We've got a candle. I have a nice cup of tea. We've got our journals. So I would say whatever that self-care feeling is. Oh, yeah. 
you like we always create these little self-care moments for ourselves I've we noticed. do I think that's part of the process and the commitment of how we come into the space in order to set the space so that you can feel us in our process and I love that yeah it's yeah. a verbal transmission so our vibration comes across through our voices yeah and what we're sharing and saying so yeah, it's important that we emulate first and foremost and be in our own integrity and authenticity with it. In how our we own love space. ourselves. Yeah. Yes. And then how that loving comes through. So, yes, we prepare for you. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We did a little drumming and chanting, and we always pray before every episode. That's right. We do. We pray together. So, all right, let's dive in. Lesson three The Power of Forgiveness. Do you want to read first, or do you want me to read first? Um, I accidentally did something crazy to my book here. Oh, I was counting the pages. Okay. <clears throat> You no. didn't do anything crazy to your book. No, I did not. I just turned the pages. <laughs> turned the pages again. That's not so crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Books are meant to do that. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> you did what? Are you crazy? I turned the page. That's crazy. In the chapter. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is how we're rolling today, in case you yeah. can't tell. We're a little punchy. Okay, <gasps> and now we begin. Now we begin. And indeed, greetings unto you, beloved and holy friends. If I speak in the language of your world, I cannot find those words that can convey to you the love which I feel for you. I cannot find the words that can convey unto you the love I feel that God has for all of us. If I search the languages of your world, I cannot find a concept, a word, an idea, a philosophy, a dogma, that can contain, in truth, the mystery that is closer to you than your own breath and awaits your discovery. Oh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. If I search throughout all of creation, if I search through the many mansions that exist within the domains of my father's creation, and that creation is infinite, try as I might, I cannot discover anything that can truly describe you. I cannot find that which is of greater value than you. In truth, I cannot discover anything that speaks more eloquently of the love that God is than your very existence. Therefore, in truth, I look upon you constantly and marvel at the radiance of my Father's love. It is then through you that I come to discover all that God is. How beautiful is that? Oh. Oh my gosh. That just made me think of, well, one, how much I love you. Right? I was like, this is why we love each other. <laughs> yeah. Because, and why I love my husband and why, how I've, I experienced this also with Sarah and Carisha. Yes. And it's that, this is, it's through you. I discover all that God is. Oh, how beautiful is that? It's, it's beyond beautiful. And I, this, if I could have like one magic wish in the whole world, you know, like if I've had a genie and I rubbed the lantern, that would be my wish that everybody felt this way could be, could experience, could experience that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It would change the whole world. And we have experienced it. Yeah. It, it was profound. Yes, yes. Yes. And we experience it all the time with we each do. other, but, but on to a have it mirrored scale. back yeah. in, in the, oh, I don't know. It's beautiful. Wow, it's holy. It is. Well, holy friends, holy friends. And what we're talking about is virtue virtuous friends that's right yeah and as a man when i walked upon your plane i began to realize that the greatest gift that i could ever receive would only come to me as i chose to surrender 
Every perception that I might conjure up about you, my brother or sister, that would veil the truth that is true about you always. When I was of nine years of age, I began to awaken to exactly what I am describing to you. And as my father would take me to sit with the elders, and as he would read from the Torah to me, I began to be compelled by something within. Something began to speak to me that underneath all of the perceptions that I could create of another, there was something radiant and shimmering waiting to be discovered. I began to feel very different from my peers. I began to be preoccupied with inner things. And when I listened to the elders speak, I would often feel as though I had drifted far away from where they were. And pictures would come to me and thoughts would come to me and feelings would come to me that I didn't understand, that I hadn't assimilated into my being. Mm. But then something began to compel me. How might I discover how to see only that shimmering radiance? Would it be possible for me to see my brothers and sisters as my father sees his children? And in truth, I discovered that the way to see with the eyes of Christ begins with the acceptance that I, as a creator, created in the image of God, indeed, literally choose every experience and call it to me, that I create the veils through which I view creation. And I began to shift gears slightly. I even began to be seen as someone who was rebelling against the teachings of my Essene elders. For I began to move away from striving for God, from striving for perfection, and began to cultivate within myself the process of allowing. Wow. I discovered that if I looked upon my perception, my feelings, my behavior, exactly as they were, without overshadowing, overshadowing them with my own interpretations, if I could teach myself to embrace things with innocence, Bells began to dissolve from my mind. For when I was nine years old, I had already learned to be fearful of thinking or speaking or acting in a way that was not in conformity to the prevailing wisdom of the time. Even within the Essene community, which had already become rather rigidified, there was already much dogma, and dogma always leads to bickering. Boy, isn't that the truth? Mm. Well, well, aren't we experiencing that on the planet right now? Yes. In, by, in the attachment to the dogma? Yes. Yes. So it's so interesting so. to witness and just like be in um, observance. Instead of really coming into the deep <laughs> awareness that everybody's perception is totally unique to themselves, and that this dogma or any collective consciousness dogma is fed to people yeah yeah and what we choose to believe mm -hmm. i began to discover that if i looked with innocence upon all things a light began to shine through the things i was looking at and as i rested more and more in this innocence more and more the light would shine as I grew in age, I began to discover that the old teachers who spoke of the need to forgive 70 times seven knew something quite profound that had even become lost within the Jewish and Essene traditions of my day. If you see, to forgive means to choose to release another 
from the perceptions that you've been projecting upon them. It is therefore an act of forgiving oneself of one's projections. And as we begin to forgive, even unto 70 times, seven times, each time you forgive, you take yourself deeper into the purity of your own consciousness. You begin to see how profoundly you have been coloring and therefore affecting all of your relationships through the simple act of not being aware of the power of projection. Hmm. Therefore, I learned and learned well that forgiveness is an essential key to healing. The opposite of forgiveness is judgment, and judgment always creates separation and guilt. There's the G word. Mm -hmm. Judgment will evoke a sense of guilt in in the one who has been judged, unless, of course, they are perfectly awake. But more than this, each time you judge anything or anyone, you have literally elicited guilt within yourself because there is a place within you, yet still, that knows that perfect purity of your brother and sister and sees quite clearly that all things within the human realm are either the extension of love or a cry for help and healing. Pausing. A cry for help and healing. If it's not an extension of love, then it's a cry for help and healing. That's right. And it can't be anything other than that. And it's interesting, too, when you talk to Mm -hmm. people, when I talk to people about crying or when people begin to, like, get misty, immediately I notice they want to shut that part down. We were talking about this earlier, of just, like, allowing people the space to just allow it to come up because it's the catharsis of release that lets that crystalline energy flow and create space within. So more love can be present. Mm. So it's like, what if crying, and I'm, I'm literally asking the question in the moment, what if crying and witnessing somebody's tears is an act of love? It's a total act of love. And So you said something to me a long time ago, which I have always kept in my mind. And I shared it with you when we were in Colorado and I every day love to go down to the river and drum. And I was headed to my favorite rock. And there was a woman sitting on there on the rock from our group. And she was just sobbing her eyes out. And I said to myself, well, my first instinct was, of course, to do the, oh, I'm uncomfortable with emotion. So I need to go say, are you okay? Which is really me saying, I'm not comfortable with you showing so much emotion in public. (laughs) Projection. (laughs) But I remembered what, I remember what you had taught me Mm. a while ago. And I love that phrase so much. And it, and it was give them the dignity of their process. And so, and that's exactly what I thought was I'm going to quietly walk way around and give her the dignity of her process. She doesn't need me there to put my arm around her. If she wanted somebody to go with her, she would have asked somebody to go with her. Yeah. And so it's that, that is love. Even that is love. Yes. The allowance because we're allowing it to happen and we're not shutting it down. That, which means that there's no repression, suppression or repression happening. And there's just this flow happening. That phrase, the dignity of their experience comes from Ron and Mary Holnick's work. Of course it does. And was said, I think in my first year when I was studying spiritual psychology in the classroom, that work is so sacred to me. Me too. That each one of us, you know, 
we don't always need a tissue. We actually need to cry. It's we're ninety percent water. <laughs> it's like Let that old stuff out. It is old stuff. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Therefore, beloved friend, when you judge, you have moved out of alignment with what is true. You have decreed that the innocent are not innocent. And if you would judge another as being without innocence, you have already declared that this is true about you. Therefore, the practice, therefore, to practice forgiveness actually cultivates the quality of consciousness in which finally you come to forgive yourself. And it is indeed the forgiven who remember their God. And so, therefore, in this hour, beloved friends, we would wish you to share, we would wish to share with you the power of forgiveness, how to cultivate it, how to refine it, how to understand the depths of it that can be revealed to you as you forgive 70 times, seven times. Now, to bring up within you that which is, that which has not yet been forgiven, but perhaps forgotten we would speak also in this hour of what perception is and what projection is. Perfect. Beloved friends, these things are of critical importance for anyone who enters into a so-called spiritual path must eventually face and deal with their deep need for forgiveness, which is an expression of the soul's deep desire to be forgiven. For there is no one who walks this plane who has not been touched by the poison of judgment. Mm. Beloved friends, as we speak of these things through, let not seriousness enter the mind. For in truth, all we are really doing is describing for you what you need to do and can do in order to release the burden of illusion that seems to cause you to feel a heaviness upon your continence, countenance, a sense of lack of safety in the world. You should think of it as taking your, how do you say that word? Rheost- I think he means like rheostat, but I think, is that like a thermostat? Your rheostat and turning it up a bit by enlightening you, taking your burden of guilt and judgment from you. Therefore, in truth, understand well, Forgiveness is essential. And what has not been forgiven others has not been forgiven you, not by a God that sits outside of you, for the Father never judges. What you have not forgiven in another or in the world is but a reflection of what you carry within as a burden that you cannot forgive of yourself. You have an interesting saying in your world. It takes one to know one. Do you think you would even be able to judge another if there wasn't something within you being elicited that triggers within you the belief that you know exactly what the other one is up to? And that's why you judge them. And sometimes you judge harshly because you fear that energy in yourself. And you remember how hurtful you have been when you have acted from that energy. Wow. But when you have forgiven yourself, rest assured, you will know what it means to walk in this world, yet not be of this world. You will be able to feel the energy or the activities that any other soul may freely choose. And you will discern that energy. You will understand that energy. You will see through it and still see the face of Christ before you. 
This is a tall order, what I just read. It is a tall order. You will see it, see through it, know what someone's choosing, know exactly what it is, and still see the face of Christ before you. Discern, he said. Discern, yes. You will discern it. Yes, you will discern it. And you'll be able to see. And like beyond your own eyes, you'll be able to feel it, right? Like, Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You will not react, which literally means to act again as you did in the past. Instead, even if you are being persecuted or to speak from personal experience to be nailed upon a cross, you will have cultivated the ability to love. And in all situations, no matter what another is doing, your first response will be to enter into a quiet stillness within and merely ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have me say? What is most appropriate for this other soul in this moment? Mm. Wow. For when forgiveness is purified, the mind and the heart and the emotional field of your own beingness, you will discover that you exist only to extend love. You exist only to extend love. Isn't that beautiful? It's yeah. so beautiful. You are the savior of the world. And in each situation, your role is to ask the Holy Spirit how you can serve the atonement and correction. The Excuse me, atonement, the correction, the healing that yet needs to be acquired within your, within another soul. So even if one is hating you, you will not respond with defensiveness, <laughs> but with curiosity, with innocent witnessing. And even if your hands have n- nails going through them, I tell you truthfully, it is possible to still enter the quiet sanctuary of the heart and to ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have me say or do that can serve the healing of my brother or sister's heart. So that is where we're going. (laughs) And all that we will be sharing with you, not just in this lesson, but in this course, has as its final goal, your complete Christed consciousness, the fulfillment of what your own soul desires, forgiveness, Forgiveness, the bridge to the soul of your brother and sister. There is first nothing you can be aware of in the energy of another that you have not known in yourself. There is nothing another can say or do or even imagine themselves capable of saying or doing that you have not also known. Again, it takes one to know one. And if you perceive another acting out of hostility or fear or what have you, The only way you can recognize it is because you have been there. The very fact that in your world, one can murder another's body and you can react with a knowledge that it is inappropriate behavior is because as a soul, you know that energies, you know, the energies involved in the attempt to murder another. And in truth, if you're honest with yourselves, you can probably come up with at least 50 times in the last year that murderous thoughts have entered your mind. You may not act on them, 
You may not even dwell on them for more than a split second, but the energy has come into the field of your awareness and you have known it and recognized it. Who then is less than you? Who then is worthy of your judgment? No one. Who then is equal to you? Everyone. And who then is worthy of your love? Everyone. Forgiveness is the bridge that links you to the soul, the essence of your brother or sister. Forgiveness is that bridge that when cultivated will allow you to see clearly, not just the energies that another is expressing, but you will literally be able to see what events seemed to cultivate that soul's belief that they must act in that way to survive, to live what perceptions have led them to feel justified in their inappropriate behaviors. You will see it as clearly as though someone had drawn a picture of it in front of you. And when you see skillfully what to say and what to do to gently help another correct their misperception of themselves and learn the path of self-forgiveness. When that hour comes, rest assured, you will walk in this world, yet you will not be in it. You will become as I became, and you will be a savior of the world. The veil of projection. What is projection? Projection occurs when there has been denial within yourself. Projection is an act in which you physically try to throw out of your throw out psychically. Excuse me. Projection is an act in which you psychically try to throw out of your ownership everything that you have judged as being despicable or unworthy of you, something you don't want. And so you will project it. Okay, wait, pause. I'm having a hard time grasping that concept, that definition for some reason. Well, let's read it again. Okay, please. What is projection? Projection occurs when there has first been denial within yourself. Projection is an act in which you physically try to throw out of your ownership everything that you have judged as being despicable or unworthy of you, something you don't want. And so you will project it. So it's something that you've rejected. Oh, wait, first been in denial within yourself. You've denied it. And now I'm psychically trying to throw it out of my ownership Mm -hmm. because I've judged it as being despicable and unworthy of me, something I don't want. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so then you project it. Because you haven't healed it. You're just seeing it in everybody else. You will throw it up and out and let it land on whomever happens to be nearby. Projection is the effect of the denial of the first axiom that we have given you. It is the denial of the truth that nothing you experienced has been caused by anything outside of you. Nothing has, nothing you experience has been caused by anything outside of you. That means everything is inside of me. Right. And it's just being mirrored back to me. (laughs) You know, and in reality it is because we are all individuated drops of consciousness. Yeah. And your perceptions of things are totally different than my perceptions of things because you have your whole own world in there. Yeah. I've colored it up myself. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. It is fascinating. Projection then is an attempt to insist that reality is other than the way God made it, that you are not powerful, that you are victim of circumstances, 
that you're in a world that can actually do things to you and make you, cause you to make decisions that you wouldn't have made otherwise. That, that is always denial, and it is a lie. Projection is the denial of the first axiom of truth that you've mastered and you've mastered it well. When you project onto another, you will then believe that your anger, your hatred is justified. This right here, this one sentence, well, no, these, I'm like, well, no. Wow. This, when, so I'm having a perfect example of this for um, listeners in case anybody else is having a hard time grasping, like, what does this mean? And it makes me think of my husband and I, when we, the tiger hunter, when we first got together, I would constantly say to him, we would get into arguments and I would say, you don't love me. Oh, and that's a total projection. And what I was really saying is I'm terrified that you don't love me because I don't love myself. Exactly. Yeah. So great ownership on that. Yeah. Kudos on that one. I got it. So when I was reading this, I was like, oh, Uh I know what projection is because I've done it. Yeah. And we live our projections. This is the thing that, that is the most fascinating. We manifest them. We do manifest them. This morning I was doing the dishes and um, I was doing some forgivenesses for the projections that I put out for the judgments because it's the judgment that holds the projection in place. It's the sticky glue that holds it together. That's the way I heard Mary explain it one time in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So if we dissolve the, the judgments underneath and we ask for the forgiveness, it frees our soul from that bondage. So that makes sense because and we're talking about it right now. <laughs> exactly. It was like oh showed up this morning. Ooh. And it, the thing is, is that it's an ongoing practice. It's not a one and I'm done. Oh, no. This no, is not. This is continual. It is. Con- it's it's continual. a way of life. Yeah. Rest assured, there are many in your legal system. <laughs> in fact, the legal system means merely to take the act of projection and the need to judge and to make it okay socially so that you need not be concerned with this other as your brother or as your sister who has been crying out for help. So, I mean, what? Okay, we're not going to have a conversation about the for-profit prison system and all of that. (laughs) We could have a whole rabbit hole about that. Well, that's just um, another form of slavery, in my opinion. It completely is. Yes. It completely is. Yes. Yeah. But rather you become justified in punishment. Okay, so what I love about this sentence right here is that it ties back to guilt. Yep. Um, Louise Hay says that guilt is always looking for punishment. Well, that's the, that's the payoff, guilt, right? Yeah. yeah. The purpose of guilt is to find the punishment. Yeah. Yeah. And yet punishment itself is only the insane attempt to convince the punisher that the darkness, the evil, whatever you want to call it, is not in them. It's out there. This is the, this is the denial. Yeah. Imagine then a society in which The prevalent legal view is simply that your brother or your sister is an aspect of yourself. And if you would help yourself, you must help them to meet each cry for help and healing with forgiveness, love, and support. Can you imagine for a moment what it would be like to live 
in such a society? How would it be different than the world you see? And yet, if you would have these things be different, it must begin with you. For the way to heal the world is not by seeking to change what is on the outside, but by first changing what is on the inside. For when that change has occurred, you will become a conduit for an energy that knows how to use your gifts to place you in just the right situation, and a great power will work effectively through you, the power alone, which knows how to heal your world. There are many indeed that would love to march for peace by angrily attacking those who make war. But if you would create peace in the world, you must be at peace within yourself. So projection is an act of trying to get rid of what you don't want to own within. It is the effect of the denial of truth. Projection colors your brother or sister with the very energies that you would judge within yourself. How then to begin to break the pattern of projection? How then to allow the bridge of forgiveness to be built? It is actually quite simple, but it will require your commitment. Awakening requires vigilance and discipline. I have said to you many times that the world you see is nothing more than the effect of the thoughts you have held within the mind. Therefore, awakening requires the act of vigilance and discipline. The discipline to cultivate a way of living in which you observe your own thoughts, in which you listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth, in which you observe the feelings that are evoked within your body, the reactivity that seems to own you, and to see these things as innocent and simply self-caused. When next, then, something is reflected to you by the world that causes you to become angry, causes you to be in judgment, stop right where you are and look, not with judgment of your own judgment, (laughs) but with innocence and honesty. Oh, I see that I'm judging someone. That's an interesting cloud passing through the sky of my awareness. I wonder if I might be able to make another choice. Now the mind will tell you. But this person just broke into my house and stole my stereo. Of course, I have a right to be in judgment. I have a right to feel angry. But I say unto you, anger is never justified. It doesn't mean you won't experience it, but stop fooling yourself into believing that there is some validity to it. What if that one who has just broken into your home and taken your stereo equipment or what have you, some other idol that you love, what if you understood that you had the power in that moment to remember that all events are neutral They merely provide you with a chance to choose love. What if you literally chose the insane way, according to the world, of looking upon that one who has just done that act as a brother or sister who is crying out for help and healing, who does not know how to live in the world without being of the world, who does not know the way to self-forgiveness, who does not know the truth of the light that lives within them, that does not recognize their great power to create whatever they want in a way that's not hurtful to anyone, to look upon them with compassion rather than reactivity. It begins in simple ways. And to set the stage, I want you to very much remember that time has been given to you that you might use it constructively. That means when you awaken in the morning, realize you are in school. You don't have to drive anywhere. You're already there. 
And the universe is literally helping to assist you into having all experiences that will bring things up for you so that you can choose to look at them differently and thereby discovering the great power within you, the freedom within you to choose what you want to perceive, to elicit only what you want to feel. So again, that even if nails are being driven through your hands, you finally are liberated in the power to choose love and therefore to overcome this world. Having said this, understand then that each of your days is a blessing and a gift if you use it from the full commitment to awakening. Your day is chock full of a million opportunities to discover a deeper truth. Therefore, never feel that the purpose of your life must be something other than what you're involved in. For remember what we spoke of earlier, you are literally creating everything you choose and nothing is forced upon you. And now we're going to take that thought just a little deeper for a moment, because it literally means that if you have decided you want to awaken, it means you have already called to yourself every experience that can truly best serve your awakening. And the friends and the family, the people you have relationships with are those who like who likewise can best gain from the experiences elicited through your relationships. It means that right here, right now, you're already demonstrating the power you're seeking, the power to truly choose to awaken and to command the whole of creation to serve you in that awakening. Therefore, when you awaken in each of your mornings, look around. Who's that person sleeping next to you? They are your perfect companion. They are a messenger of God. And just behind all of that, you see, because your mind is resting right next to the mind of God, when you first said, as a soul, I want to awaken, I want to go home, the Father answered your prayer and began to send the thought through your spirit and through your soul to the conscious mind. I know how to direct you home. Give up this career and start that one. Move from this location to that location. <laughs> and you begin to feel all manner of impulse. You begin to read different books. You begin to do different things. You meet someone and fell in love all by accident. Hardly. So the very thought that you would claim as your own from which you have created the world of your personal experience is also literally the result of your prayer to awaken. And the father is creating, assisting you to create just those experiences as stepping stones that carry you from where you are to where God is. And Ron and Mary in USM, I love that they said every everything is a stepping stone, is a perfect path to your own soul's growth. It's the way. It's the way. The way yeah, is the way. The way is the way. The result is that your ordinary daily life is the most perfect ashram you could ever be within. It is the holy city to which... It is wise to make pilgrimage every day, which means to bring awareness and commitment to exactly what you are experiencing, to be thankful for it, to bless it, to embrace it, to be vigilant, to be mindful. What is this moment teaching me? 
Having given that then as background and foundation to remember that you do not experience anything that is called an ordinary moment. In each and every moment, extraordinary things are occurring. Extraordinary things are, are occurring in which the whole of the universe is conspiring, which means to breathe together. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. The universe is conspiring with you to awaken you, to heal you. Trust it. Love it. That these things are true, and I assure you that they are. It means that your life, the very life you are living, is equal in power and majesty and effectiveness as any life that could have ever been lived. It means that your very life is equal to the one that I lived, for it is bringing you home as my life was my pathway home to God. To build on that we shared earlier, the third axiom or principle could be encapsulated in this way. I do not live any ordinary moments. With each breath, my experiences are the stepping stones laid before me of God to guide me home. Mm. Therefore, I bring awareness to each moment and allow it to teach me how to forgive how to embrace, how to love, and therefore how to fully live. Mm. I do not live any ordinary moments. I do not live any ordinary moments. There's so many practices that are so deep. And um, I'm realizing like this has been a long recording already. And I'm thinking we'll stop at how forgiveness heals and do that as a part two. I think so too. Okay. Yeah. Because it's good. It's long. Well, it's just we've covered a lot of ground today. We have co- covered a lot we of ground. We have a few paragraphs left. Yeah, to we'll go. finish this part. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so beautiful. In your ordinary moments, a thousand times a day, you'll be confronted by opportunities to be disturbed. Hmm. And in that very same moment, you are being given the blessing of the opportunity to choose peace, to remember to cultivate a perception of your brother or sister. That is a perception birthed out of the Christ mind, not the egoic mind. Forgiveness then can be practiced diligently, and you won't need to look too far. You will only need to make a pilgrimage to some far city. <laughs> no, you won't need. To. You won't make. Excuse me. You won't. <laughs> you will only. You you will only. only. I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you will not need to make a pilgrimage to some far city. You do not need to go sit in a cave in a mountain somewhere to discover the way to God. It is all around you because you can only be where you have decreed to be. And you have decreed to be there because you as a soul truly want nothing more than to awaken. And your life, your life just as it is unfolding moment to moment is meant for you. If this is true, (laughs) and I assure you that it is, the way to God can only be found in your willingness to embrace and live fully the very life that is within you, that unfolds through you with each moment, to live without fear, to go forward, 
to indeed trust, to embrace the very power and the majesty that is the seed, the soil, the ground from which your life, your life's experience is unfolding. It is precious. It is extraordinary. It is blessed. And it is given you of God. <sighs> wow. Embrace your life that unfolds moment to moment. The way is the way. The way is the way. Would you not embrace the blessing of your life and sanctify it to keep it holy and to indeed draw the line and recognize that your life is worthy of your respect? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It matters what you think. Beloved friends, your life, your life is your way home. If you do not live it fully, how can you ever arrive home? Therefore, fear not your greatness. Fear not the power that comes from embracing your life and claiming its value. Live it full out with every bit of passion you can muster. Embrace every second of it. Every time you wash your dish in your cup after breakfast, <laughs> look upon these things and go, my God, this is my life. This is my pathway home and I am going to live it. <laughs> Indeed, precious friends, in this way, you will come to forgive yourself of the judgments you have made. For who among you has not known the feeling of saying, God, my life just isn't worth very much. I'll never be like so-and-so down the street. I'll never have enough money and not enough people are going to know me. And when will my work ever get out as big as that person's work, etc., etc., etc.? But I say unto you, every time you've judged yourself, you have weakened yourself. Every time you've judged yourself or another, you have slipped down the mountain another notch when your desire is to be at the summit. That was a lot for this week. Indeed. Okay, I want to reiterate this part of here. And, and let's, let's make this as an affirmation. My life is worthy of my respect. My life is worthy of my respect. It matters what I think. It matters what I think. It I matter. I matter. It yeah. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I matter. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I matter. I do not live any ordinary moments. That is like my favorite. I do not live any ordinary moments. With each breath, my experiences are the stepping stones laid before me of God to guide me home. With each breath, my experiences are the stepping stones laid before me, before, <laughs> before me of God to guide me home. Wow. I will bring awareness to each moment and allow it to teach me how to forgive. I will bring awareness to each moment and allow me and allow it to teach me how to forgive. How to embrace, how to love, and therefore how to live fully. How to embrace, how to love, and therefore how to live fully. There's a lot here, our dear listeners, to practice this week. And I understand that this can also push buttons. Right? And I was, as we were reading this, I was like, ooh, this might be a hotbed of something, something for it, someone. It's definitely a hotbed yes. of something, something for sure. Yes. And that's okay. We, we, okay. we welcome the mess. And in, in, in that we know that it's not all tidy. And if it is all tidy, well, I. And we're also not saints. Like we're in this too. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I fact, mean, I just shared about this very subject, yeah, right? Like, yes, yes. and I didn't know we were going here. I, 
I haven't ever read no. this book. No. So and I don't read ahead like time. to know where we're at. It's not about um, saintliness. No. That because like, we're not saints. That's the, Those are the opportunities to practice. Lots of love and lots of patience for the practice this week. And gentleness. Gentleness, like, kindness. Yes, be gentle with yourself. And As it said in here, don't judge your judgment. Yes, right, because then that's just double. That's doubling down on the situation. I'd like a scoop of double judge. Double judge? <laughs> Does that come with chocolate chips? I want some sprinkles with my double judge. Mm, that's funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, no, no double judgments. Definitely no double judgments. No. All right. Sweetness, gentleness, and compassion. Light ahead to you for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Let it sink in that you are worthy of your own respect and majesty and love and acceptance and self-forgiveness for not being perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. And we're perfecting in God. All right, beloveds, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. Oh, and don't forget to drop us a comment and ask a question. And go to wewokeuplikethis.com to join the Soul Awakened community. See you next time. Bye. Bye.